Somebody say hiding. They are in hiding. Jesus' followers, the ones who staked their lives on the goodness of God made manifest in that man, were in hiding. They were the followers of someone who had just been executed for treason, so in one way, they aren't trying to be found. They weren't trying to die themselves either. <laughs> they wanted to survive, partially because they wanted to explore what a life of fidelity to Jesus might actually look like. A fidelity to a life of Jesus whom they were convinced was worthy of worship and whom they believed was going to help them to be and even find life and joy in these difficult times. So they are in hiding, but meanwhile, it's party time. It's festival time. In Jerusalem, it's the Feast of Tabernacles. It's actually the first feast sanctioned in the scriptures. It's a time where the people of God spend time pilgrimaging to Jerusalem kind of building these temporary structures, remembering their time leaving Egypt and wandering in the desert, waiting to get to a place that feels like home. The followers of Jesus were also waiting. Because in Acts 1, Jesus tells them to wait here. Wait here for the promise of the Father, Jesus says. Wait here, because they will be met by the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, something is going to happen. Not yet, but soon. And it will change everything. Just wait here. They are in hiding. The disciples are waiting. And then in a moment, they are not. Um, the Acts 2 events can be summarized into one ridiculous sentence. I'm going to read it for you. After the disciples hear the sound of howling wind and see fire-shaped tongues resting on each one of them, they start speaking in other languages. The end. I just think that sometimes we have to come to grips with the fact that some of the stuff that happens in Scripture is ridiculous. Like, it's, like, is it real? Like, is it real life? We would be well served to be reminded what the disciples thought might be happening when they hung out with their risen friend Jesus. Because in Acts 1, they make it clear that they have a desire, right? They have this awesome desire of Jesus to restore the kingdom to Israel, right? And before we get on the train in which we admonish the disciples for being wrong, let's just recognize that the disciples are actually right. First, the disciples have been a part of a Jewish community that has had their lands and sacred spaces desecrated, dominated, and destroyed for hundreds of years by several empires. Jesus just proved that he is powerful enough to defeat death and seemingly powerful enough to make all this colonial terror stop forever. Might they be right? <laughs> Second, the Feast of Tabernacles is happening right now. A time of remembering that on the horizon, freedom is coming. Might they be right? Third, this is a time.
I'm a, a pilgrimage where Jews from every nation are coming together to this one place. I don't think they're wrong. Everyone's coming. The risen Christ is here. We're being reminded that freedom is our destiny. It's time, right? The disciples, given the information in front of them, read the moment a reasonable way and thought that kingdom restoration via Roman takeover was obviously the only viable outcome here. It's just that Jesus happens to have something else in mind. No, friends, Jesus says, I am not planning to trade one empire for another. As Pastor Aaron mentioned, in 2019, Bethel Community began a revitalization experiment. This community has been around the cornerstone since 1949, okay? So you have not, if this is your first time here, the building is as old as the cornerstone, okay? I think the stained glass is about as old as the cornerstone. Is that right, Jane? Oh, it's a little bit younger. Forty years old. The stained glass is forty years old, but not from the beginning. I appreciate that. Um, but you're in a space that's been around for a while. I will spare you all the history. It's a little bit of it's on our website. But at this point in 2019, this church was asking itself a question that it actually had asked before: Jesus, is there more for us as a faith community? And if so. Jesus, please lead and guide us, because we don't really know what that is. <laughs> Pentecost serves as a moment in this faith community for us to celebrate God's work and consider where we are in our collective journey as a faith community. And in this moment, as we consider what God might be doing among us, I just want to return to the story and say that the reasons that the disciples are hiding and waiting deeply resonate with me. They are hiding because the intensity, because of the intensity of imperial forces that are seeking to quiet protest and stamp out diversity while making everyone compliant to Roman, quote unquote, peace. And they are waiting because they have seen a glimpse of the risen Christ. They have heard his promise of a new way that God wants to be among us in the world. A new way that will come and bring agency to them that they have not experienced in a long time. Something that they have only dreamed of for centuries. Can anyone in the room recognize imperial forces trying to make peace with violence? I believe a lot of a hunch about what those forces feel like in these moments, in these days. And has anybody in the room gotten a sense that Jesus might be about something else? That there might be a new and interesting, maybe a not new way to follow Jesus in these 
is that allows us to discern clearly what those imperial forces look like and to say no to them and yes to divine love, agency, justice, and wonder. With the empires raging and our intuition bubbling, I want to remind and encourage us this morning that Creator is not looking to exchange one empire for another. I know personally what momentary and sustained racism feels like. I have felt that in my story and in my body. I have felt it in regards to the way that my family has been treated. I have felt it in regards to the way that I experienced the education system. I have felt it in spaces. I have felt it walking on the streets in the East Bay. I know it in my bones. Some of you know what the powers that be feel like in our bones. You know like to experience sexism. You know what it feels like to experience folks, demonate folks who identify as LGBTQ. We know what it feels like to have these imperial forces not just be things we observe, but things that are a part of our story. And if you're anything like me, one, some days when I encounter some of that stuff, I just have this impulse to want to respond to those things with enough power to make them stop. And yes, I have delusions and illusions of revenge and exclusion and domination simply because I want the violence to end. And I want those who have opposed me and my friends to know that they cannot win. I want it so bad. And then I hear, and then I sort of observe Jesus telling me and telling us, I am not trading one empire for another. Perhaps, friends, the Spirit's work on Pentecost actually meets our desires, but in a different way. Put one way, the disciples' unusual ability to speak these languages by the power of the Spirit is but a hint of God's desire for all people and all creation, I'd argue, to recognize Creator's intention to love us, to care for us, to make space for all in the community of God's creatures. It is also a signal to the disciples that they are being invited to take part in God's hospitality. Not to shut the door, but to open it wide. They are being invited to open doors into intimacy and desire and justice and affection. Open the doors. And because they might be hopped up on some empire-building dreams because they are understandably traumatized, the spirit has to literally come on their bodies and, and in their bodies make a new story. It's okay. 
They need an entirely new, but not new, story. This is a new chapter, a new utterance of God's story meant for all creation to receive. And once we know that we all belong, friends, once we know that we are all a joyful part of God's story, the empire is bankrupt. The empire is bankrupt. Death has lost its sting. Friends, as I look back on what Bethel community has been a part of just in the past year or two, I can make out those hints of Spirit's invitation for us to be a part of opening the doors. When I look at the garden outside, I see open doors for pollinators. I see open doors for snap peas. They're delicious. Oh, my God. I see open doors for birds. Literally, there's birdhouses out there. I was not lying. Pentecost is about all creation. I see the way that Spirit is empowering us, inviting us to open the doors to more justice. Update, we're still actually trying to build affordable housing in that lot. Just letting you know, it's still happening. In fact, there'll be some updates soon telling you that it's happening a little bit faster and slower <laughs> than once imagined. And I will just say, pray for money. Pray for money. Spirit is empowering us to open doors as we learn how to care for each other. In this hybrid locational community, there are glimpses of ways that we are learning to connect with one another. And Spirit continues to invite us to open doors in the vocations and neighborhoods and families and friendships to which each of us have been called to be present and active the stories that many of you tell about the ways that Spirit has invited you and engaged your own body in the work of justice and affection and love and commitment are incredible. Children of God, Creator is not trading one empire for another. Creator is simply writing the next chapter of that good story in which we all have a, have a place. We all appear, all together. There is not one person that appears more prominently than another. Maybe on this page, this person might. And then maybe page this community might. We are being invited to open the door. We are being invited to tell this next chapter of the story of God's divine love. I want everybody to just take a deep breath. Take one more.
as we come together this morning to celebrate and to mark what it means that the Spirit of God is writing a story in our bodies that perhaps even comes into contact with our trauma narratives and says, let's go another way. As the Spirit of God writes a story in our bodies that invites us to have more agency, more care in the world. I want us to sing this song together.